0: Blog Talk Radio.
3: Well, howdy, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Left of Straight Show. I hope you guys are having a fantastic hump day. We are halfway through the week. Happy Wednesday, May 20th, 2020. As you said, I am Scott Fullerton, your host, and I really appreciate you turning into the show today. It is going to be a great one, guys. Two fantastic interviews coming ahead. And we have our J&J Buzz Pop Culture Minute in just a little bit. So, yeah, you came in on a good day. Sit back, grab yourself a cocktail or a coffee, and enjoy. If you missed yesterday's show, we had a great time. My buddy Enoch Miller came on. The Empress of WeHo gave us a West Hollywood Minute, told us what was happening over there, West Hollywood Land. Then I had a couple of great interviews yesterday. We had John Hill on. John is an actor, done some great Broadway, but he's also been a producer on television and on Radio Andy, the Sirius XM station for the last five years, as part of Andy Cohen's live morning show, and he has his own show called The Feels. We had a good talk, but we were just slow. I don't know what we were – I got maybe four questions out. He's going to have to come back out for another interview because we didn't get to much of nothing. But it was great talking and We had a good, fun time speaking to each other. And then I had uh, Rinaldo Pacheco on. Rinaldo is a fantastic actor. He's been in things such as our brand is Crisis, with Billy Bob Thornton and Sandra Bullock and a couple other, he is executive produced his own show called Fuertes And just an amazing guy. And he has his own um, studio where he is giving free online acting classes right now during Corona 2020. So if you missed that show, oh, and then at the very end, we got to talk to our buddies, Terry and David from the Park Ridge Lodge in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, right outside Dollywood, not too far. They have a fantastic Four-Room Lodge, uh, all-male-only resort, fantastic accommodations, reasonably priced, and they are two fantastic hosts. So if you missed that show, go check your favorite podcast distributor from yesterday. It's downloadable now. We're on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, all that fun stuff. Of course, here at Blog Talk Radio. So just hit the subscribe. You'll always find out when a new episode hits. But tonight, man, we're going to have some good stuff. In just a couple of seconds, we're going to do a little J&J Buzz segment. That is Jeffrey and Josh out of Nashville, Tennessee, that do a pop culture minute for me. They're two special correspondents, and they have three pretty interesting stories to go over today. And then after that, up first tonight, live, is going to be Peter Page, who you guys have been following the show. You know I'm a huge fan of. Queers, Folk. The Fosters, um, his new movie is The Thing About Harry. It's on Freeform TV. So we have a great interview with him. And then I have a pre-taped interview that I did yesterday with my buddy and guy that I just admire so much, Ryan Carnes. Fantastic actor, fantastic musician. He was on General Hospital. He was on The uh, Desperate Housewives. He was in um, the Eating Out movies way back in the day with Q. Alan Brock is going to be on in a couple weeks. And we had a fantastic chat yesterday and his music is just blowing up. He's working with Vanessa and uh, just doing some fantastic. he's playing the drums forever. So two great interviews for you tonight. Be ready for that. And other than that, that's about it. I hope you're following me on Instagram and Twitter at Left of Straight, that's always spelled L-E-F-T-O-F-S-T-R and the number eight. And on Facebook, it's left a Straight Show page. Go ahead and like that. And you can follow me personally. I have a public page, Scott Fullerton. Send me over a friend request. I take just about anybody. I do have a couple of quick notes that uh, came out today that aren't in uh, J&J's Pop Culture Minute that I thought was interesting. I'll tell you about here for a couple of seconds. Um, first up, there was, I don't know if you've seen the film, it's called God's Own Country. It's a, it's a LGBTQ2 movie, uh, two gay guys in it. It's on Amazon Prime right now, but it was noticed yesterday that Amazon has cut the gay sex scenes from the movie. And they're, they're not overly explicit, but they're explicit. Um, Amazon customers first notice it, they reference it in a couple reviews uh, the word on Twitter kind of got the director of the film, Francis Lee, to weigh in himself. He's actually out of the country where he made the movie, but he's uh, put a his own tweet out. says, Dear Friends in the USA, God's own country appears to have been censored on Prime Video, Amazon Prime. Until this is investigated, please do not rent or buy on Amazon Prime. It is not the film I intended or made. I will report back. According to viewers, the Amazon version of the film cut two key scenes, one where the two lovers mud-wrestle before engaging in oral sex, and another where one of the lovers has a random encounter in a horse trailer with an auctioneer. Uh, the, Lee also put out, asked, uh, asked his Twitter followers if they know of any sex scenes that were ever cut from any straight movie. So it's kind of a, it just started blowing up today. So we'll see where that goes. Another interesting thing that came across my radar today is Ruby Rose has quit Batwoman on the CW. You know, I'm a huge superhero fan, and especially of all the CW shows. Uh, she's only been on for one season, so only had one season now, and she has quit the show. Uh, CW announced they're going to replace her, but uh, it was just a couple of days. This had a finale last Sunday, guys. They're going to cast a new actor in the lead, he made history by featuring uh, a gay woman as the hero. Producer Greg Berlanti and the showrunner Carolyn Dry specifically wanted a member of the LGBTQ community to take the role of Kate Kane Batwoman, which led them to casting Rose, and they say they're going to recast it with another out lesbian actress, so that could be kind of interesting. But there's really no word why it's happening. It was a very grueling sh- shoot. I know she got hurt on the set. I had an injury there. But, uh, it's, she was a model before, so who knows what it was, if it was just the demands. I, I From what I hear, it was a very tough set for her to be on. Not tough to work with or anything, just it's a demanding role. These superheroes, I mean, we've talked to Stephen Amell. We've ta- I haven't personally. I wish I did. But uh, talking to Stephen Amell and to Grant Gustin in their interviews, the first couple years, it's really grueling to carry your own superhero show. So that's very interesting that she's out after the first year. Look for casting all of my actress friends out there. It could be very, very interesting. But let's go ahead and get to it. I want to go ahead and go to a uh, pop culture minute with our good buddy, J&J Buzz. Uh, Jeff and Jeffrey, or Jeff and Josh, right out of Nashville, Tennessee. So when we come back, we are going to either play a quick song, depending on how quick I can get them on the line, or we will go directly into our interview with the one and only Mr. Peter Page. So take it away, Josh and Jeffrey.
0: You are listening
3: to Josh and Jeff
1: on J&J. J&J Buzz
0: exclusively
1: on left of straight radio network now live from nashville tennessee here's josh and jeff
4: what is up what is up what up how are y'all doing this is uh so fun i mean this is i mean right well of course yeah i mean people love to hear I, i mean we hope people like to hear from us i hope so Anyway, we got a lot to cover. We're going to jump right in. So, uh, you know about PrEP, right? Yes. Okay, so it's that daily HIV prevention pill to help negative people stay negative. I don't even know why people want to stay negative because people always say, hey... You, you, be positive. Be positive, right. It's funny. Anyway, well, sometimes taking a daily pill sucks for people. Yes, it
1: definitely does.
4: Because they can't remember... Uh, to, to keep doing it, well, veve Healthcare recently announced the results from a big international study comparing taking prep in pill form with getting an injection in the arm every other month.
0: Uh, I would love that much more than taking a pill every day
4: Well, well what do you think was more effective uh, let 's see let 's hear it. Well, the injection was actually sixty nine percent more effective. They're okay. the pill. Yeah, it's crazy. So, uh, we'll have to see if people will take, like, an uh, injection, you know, six times a year or taking daily pills every day for so the rest of your life. I don't know. You know, some people don't like shots, though. Like, I'm one of them. Okay, you know, over a million
0: transgender people are set to lose more protections. The Trump administration what? is about to announce a final rule that reverses protections on gender identity.
4: Huh? Okay, wait. So they're about to take away the protections that the people already have.
0: Yes, over 1.4 million adults and 150 thousand youth are affected by this.
4: That, that seems uh, so uncool and unfair, and weirdly, like it's something that you expect yes. from this <laughs> from Trump. Yeah, I don't get it. Well, uh, I hope that that changes, and 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 we'll keep everybody updated on that. Uh, Speaking of that, you, guess what people are doing on that internet? Tell me, tell me. Uh, well, let me just ask you. Uh, do you look at porn? I mean, I have before, but it's not an everyday thing. It shouldn't be anything. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but guess what kind of porn folks are searching for these days? Tell me. Pornhub said that people are seeking out porn related to the pandemic using search uh, terms Corona and COVID. (laughs) A lot. (laughs) Um, Like like a lot. 6.8 million searches since early January. Of this type of porn, I don't know.
0: So what exactly is Corona sex? (laughs) Uh,
4: You know... (laughs) I don't know. I'm not shaming anybody for what you're looking at. I mean it's not my thing, but uh I mean is it your thing? No. Okay, that's right. Not that I know exactly what it is, but on the corona subject, you know, more than
0: fifty percent of Nashville Nashvilleans are LGBTQ and they are living in Covid nineteen hotspots.
4: Okay, no, no, no So not 50% of Nashville gay Oh, no, 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 no So it's 50% of the LGBT population, right? Yes, yes, yes. In Nashville Correctly. are living in COVID hotspots Yes Have you ever seen those little hotspot maps? Like, uh, you know, like on TV There's like, this is a hot spot.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah
4: I mean, I don't think that tells you much of anything Because I feel like I, li- I always live near something <laughs> Anyway, we gotta go
1: Alright, guys
4: <laughs> Bye, y'all
1: This was J&J Buzz, exclusively on Left of Straight Radio Network.
3: There we go. Thank you, Jeffrey and Josh, direct from Nashville with our Pop Culture Minute. I really appreciate having those guys on the show. Guys, it is such an honor to have my next guest on the show. You know I love them. You remember and love him from some of his recurring on-screen roles as Emmett Honeycutt in the U.S. version of Queer as Folk, Patrick in Related, Steve in Rick and Steve, the happiest gay couple in all of the world, and Bentley in Where the Bears Are. But he's respected and admired by his peers for his works behind the camera as a producer, director, and writer on such shows as Fly Girls, The Fosters, Good Trouble, in his recent television movie on Freeform, The Thing About Harry. Guys, I'm so excited. Please welcome to the show for the very first time, Mr. Peter Page. Peter, how you doing, man? I'm very well. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Well, I love having you. Thanks so very much. My uh, listeners know that I'm a huge fan. I talk about you often, the things that you do. So I appreciate you taking the time. Let's start by how are you holding up? I mean, I love... Your ode to your gym bag the other day it speaks volumes of your writing and where we're at in this crazy time how you doing man
2: <laughs> uh you know i'm okay i'm um i'm uh, i'm alone in in i'm uh you know i'm I'm quarantined by myself so I'm a little lonely i'm gonna be honest but um but that's okay i there there are pluses to it too i'm in I'm in complete control of my environment and my schedule, and that's very nice. I have a little bit of work so that's keeping me a little occupied and, and I'm, and I'm very, very aware that I'm very fortunate. I'm healthy. My friends and family are healthy. I I have food. I have a, a beautiful place to live. I, I, I am very aware that I'm very, very fortunate. So I try to stay connected to that most of the time. Doesn't mean I don't have feelings and doesn't mean I don't have bad days, but, um, sure. but uh, overall I'm, I'm smart. I'm smart enough to know how lucky I am.
3: There you go. I love that. Well, like I said, I have been a big fan. My friends know this. Uh, it was funny, a couple of years ago, my friend called me and said, hey, I was in Peter Page's house. And I was like, what? He said, then he showed me a video of some thing you did in L.A., I guess, like a favorite room or something. And it was pretty cool. Oh. <laughs> he was this guy that giving me grief, but he showed, it showed your living room for some, I think, L.A. Times thing or something. But it was pretty impressive. I remember yeah, seeing yeah, the yeah. Video. it was very nice. Thank I want your you. book Thank
2: you. I'm a, a li- uh, thank you. I designed that. I'm, I'm a little bit of a design junkie. Uh, in my In my spare time if I, if i weren 't in in the the business of Hollywood, I would probably be a designer of some kind so um, I, I, yeah like i love I love my loft I, I had a lot of fun designing it
3: that 's fantastic and what about art? The art looked amazing. Are you still collecting art what 's your most recent acquisition before all this stuff happened? Uh, what is my most recent acquisition
2: i i 'm looking around oh I bought um, I got a couple pieces, and I, it's terrible. I actually can't remember the artist's names. Um, I bought a, 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 a painting um, uh, by a woman that that's it's really beautiful, and uh, and then this photography piece. This guy uh, sets up cameras across the street from a location and shoots passersby, and and uh, and sort of makes these these. Um, kind of uh, assembled collage pieces out of them, and it's really stunning, stunning work. So, Ooh, wow. um, I, again, I feel very, very lucky that I get to live with with art. It's it's um, it's um such a privilege.
3: That's amazing. I love that. Well, let's start uh, a little bit of background. Everyone's got to know you by now, but I don't want to really go too much in the past. I know you've bounced around a lot. But let's talk about locations, because we have a couple things in common. You spent a little time here okay. in – Northeast Ohio, where I've been banished to for the last 17 years. Uh, Talk about uh, um, Oregon. Oregon is where I spent four years in Portland, Oregon. I know you spent time there. So that's where I really want to start your story at, because I thought Portland was one of the best laid out cities ever. I enjoyed it there immensely. Talk about your time in Portland.
2: Uh, I So after college, I moved to New York. I did about three and a half, four years in New York, and – uh, just couldn't quite make the city work for me and left there, moved to Portland ostensibly to start a theater company with a woman that I'd gone to acting school with. That didn't end up happening. Um, but I did, I did um, mark some, a couple years in Portland. I did a ton of theater work there and um, did a little, little, little bit of, of on-camera work just kind of getting my feet wet. And um, yeah, Portland's a great town. It, it wasn't my town, I'll say. I, Uh, At the time, I didn't drink coffee. I still don't really drink beer. I'm not very outdoorsy. I don't hike. I don't ski. And I hate the rain. So Portland was a a bit of a rough pill for me to swallow. But I made some incredible friends there who are still part of my very inner inner circle um, to this day. And it's been a long time. I left Portland in 97 and moved to L.A. So... Um, I had a manager that was, uh, come. I was doing I was doing a play in Portland, and a manager came and saw it, and was like, "What are you doing in Portland? You need to be in LA." And uh, <laughs> and I was like, "You know what? I think I think you're right. Let's give it a shot." So, um, so I made the big move.
3: There you go. Well, it, it, everything you said there, yeah, describes uh, getting out of Portland in a hurry. I, I always tease my <laughs> friends when I first moved there. Everyone said, "Oh yeah, you can go to Mount Hood. It's gorgeous." Peter, I didn't see the mountain for a month because it was raining every day. And all of a sudden, the sun came out, and, like, it's right in your backyard, this mountain. But I swear it wasn't there for right. the first month I lived there. It was crazy. I know. If, but if people would like, <laughs> yeah, yeah I,
2: I love Powell's books. I still love Powell's books. Uh, yeah, people would come to me. They'd be like, let's go for a hike. And I'd be like, oh, I don't hike. And they would be like, ha, 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 ha. And I was like, no, I don't hike, for real. And I still, to this day, <laughs> I, I, my, my, I have good friends. Who are like someone will be like, Let's go for Ike and they'll be like, Don't ask Peter Dyke. You don't want it, it's not good, it's not, it's not gonna make anybody happy. You have to know. <laughs> so.
3: That's hilarious. Yeah, we probably crossed paths a little bit. I think I was there from ninety six to two thousand. I was in my restaurant well, days back yeah. then. So I was Bebop and managing all the Tony Romas around the area there and then. I ended up at, (laughs) did you ever go to Old Wives Tale, the lesbian restaurant there? Lesbian owned restaurant?
2: I don't know that I did, if I'm being honest. I don't remember it. Um, I was also busted ass broke then. You know, I was living (laughs) on a a regional theater actor's wages. There were times I was making like 125 bucks a week. So so my eating out was was pretty limited to, to restaurants my friends worked at, to be honest.
3: Nice. <laughs> I like yeah. that. I understand how that goes. Struggling artists is real, boys and girls. Take my word for it. Very cool. Well, let's jump on. I want to talk about queer as Folk, but I'm sure you've talked about it to death for the last forever here, 20 years reunion. But I do want to talk about the reunion. You guys did a fantastic thing. Um, Scott Lowell organized this reunion to make money for point. Uh, which does. Center Link. Or Center Link. I'm sorry. Center Link. I'm sorry. Yes. That does so much help with LGBT centers across the country. Talk about that experience and getting together, raising that money for such a worthy cause.
2: Well, look, first of all, Scott Lowell is like the best human being on the planet. He is one of my absolute favorite, favorite people in the world. And he 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 had this idea. He was like, let's do, you know, it's our 20th year. We're all in isolation. Let's do, a, um, let's do a fundraiser. And he was like, who should we do it for? And I was the one who suggested um, Centerlink because I, I was on the board for the, uh, the LA LGBT Center for over a decade, for about 13 years. And they're one of the organizations in, in Centerlink. Centerlink is the organization of LGBT organizations, not just across the country, but also in Canada and around the world. Um, and they do really important work supporting centers that are everything from L.A., where, which is the biggest LGBT organization in the world, to, like, tiny little two-person operations in small towns, giving them resources, giving them um, financial support, you know, a, you know, keeping really helping um, plant the seeds of change all around the planet. So it's an incredible organization. If you're looking for something to do with a little bit of money, um, uh, look up Centerlink and make a donation, uh, listeners. It, it's, it's a very, very worthy cause. And it was a blast. It's... Scott is, oh, so sorry. Sorry, Scott. You go ahead.
3: No, you go ahead. You go ahead. Keep going.
2: Oh, I was just going to say, you know, Scott did an incredible job. He was an incredible host. He put, I mean, it was like four and a half hours long. I was exhausted when it was over, but he, he pulled <laughs> together, you know, most of the lead cast and then a bunch of, uh, of, of guest stars and recurs and, and he brought in some of the writers and some of the directors and the makeup artists and hair people and, just a lot of really fun, um, a lot of fun conversations about how we made the show and why we made the show and what mattered to us about doing it. It was a great, it was a great thing. It's still up on YouTube. You can go and watch. And um, and uh, like I said, if you're, if you're so inspired, make a
5: donation to a good cause.
3: Exactly. Well, like I said, I was able to pop in for bits and pieces of it. I mean, you made $10,000 in the first 48 minutes. And I think we talked off air, you're up to over 30 now. That's amazing.
2: Yeah, I think all told, it's done over thirty thousand. So I, I really just like such. A, I'm I'm humbled, humbled to be a part of it, and I'm so grateful to the fans for really delivering for us.
3: Well, I recommend you guys check out the YouTube video. It is still up, and it's a fun show. They bring in everyone from Sharon Glass to Rosie O'Donnell, who, of course, like. Uh, Peter said all uh, a lot of the principals involved. It was a fantastic show. Centerlink. I actually did. I was the chairman of the Youngstown Pride Center in little Youngstown, Ohio, and they, they were able to provide us a lot of resources. So I, my hat's off to them. And I think it's just a great organization. So congratulations to all of you guys. Give just a little stepping stone from where Queer as Folk took you on your career trajectory and, uh, and what that experience meant to you and how it maybe changed you, if at all.
2: Well, it changed me enormously. Look, Queers Folk was a huge, huge, pivotal moment in my life. It was, it was my big break as an actor. Um, it was um, hugely important to me politically as a queer person who had, had grown up without a lot of representation to be a part of something that put queer people front and center as heroes of their own stories and, you know, and, uh, and, and made them unapologetically um, queer and uh, sexual and, uh, and everything, you know, joyous and heartbroken and just all the things that people are allowed to be generally, which quite frankly, up until queer, that really wasn't the case. There were not many, there, there, there are a few exceptions, obviously, but there were not many opportunities to see a full, whole human who identified as queer prior to that, prior to that show. And so to be a part of it right. was humbling. Um, and it, and it really taught me in a very, very fundamental way that entertainment, that television, um, it can, can help change the world. And, and that it's, it's a very powerful tool if used correctly. And that became the underpinnings of my entire career. You know, just having that experience and going, okay, this is what I want to do. This is why I'm in television. My, um, my hero, like if you ask me who my hero is, I'll tell you it's Billie Jean King because she took something as banal as playing tennis, right? And she used it to change the world in a lot of really powerful oh ways. Gosh. And that's how I feel about TV is TV can be garbage, but TV can also be can really stir the pot and can really change the way people think. You have access to people in their homes, in their underwear, scratching their ass, you know, um, and you get to right. them and see them week after week and work on them and, and let them come to you and let them recognize your humanity. And that's a game changer. And, uh, and so I, I knew after Queer that I wasn't going to be able to put my heart and soul into anything that did not have some sort of agenda at its core. And I don't mean, like, the gay agenda, whatever. Unless right, the gay right. agenda is just recognizing, recognizing other people's humanity. You know what I mean? But I it's, – it's just at the heart of everything I've done since. Um, during my queer days, I realized I wanted to be writing and directing. So I, um, uh, I started doing that. I wrote and directed a feature, um, then uh, did, a, did a second feature, then I got a writing partner. Um, we started writing together. We we were very fortunate and and sort of sold one of the first things we wrote, and that that um, led to a long career of of writing pilots and um, uh and uh, and not getting them made, and then finally <laughs> about eight years ago, we wrote a pilot called The Fosters, um and uh, and we got to make the pilot and it turned out beautifully and they picked it up to series. Um, that, that led, that went on, that show went on for 104 episodes, which I still, in this day and age, I can't even believe. And it led to our spin off, Good Trouble, which is, um, we were, we were just starting season three of Good Trouble when, uh, the, when COVID took us down. Um, right. So, um, and those shows both have a, have a pretty overt, you know, a pretty overt mission, which is. You know, the the Fosters is about a a chosen family. It's about a a lesbian couple who have one biological and four adopted children, and it's about their journeys as a family and their challenges. And it's about the it's about social justice, and it's about uh, the foster care system, and it's about um, all the myriad challenging ways it is to be a teenager in this day and age. uh, About all the challenges of being a parent in this day and age. And I think we, we made something really, really beautiful. And I'm very, very proud of it. And I think a lot of people felt seen by that show in a way that they hadn't. And again, that's the power of TV and that's what we try to do. And then when we spun off of that show, um, they, they told us they, they needed to cancel the Fosters, but they would love a spinoff. And we decided to take two, two of our leads, Mariana and Callie, um, and grow them up, jump them through college, and uh, put them into a communal living situation in downtown Los Angeles, surrounded by a bunch of other artists and activists. And um, and that show has become another, you know, it's another thing I'm super, super proud of that, that really is about how young people um, want to and uh, try to and sometimes succeed at changing the world.
3: Well, you really so, should be proud um, of it. And I want to, oops, go ahead. No, 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 you go. Uh, Well, I was just going to say, you really should be proud of those. I have lots of questions on those, and I want to get back to Freeform and what kind of a network it is for this positivity that you've been able to bring to that network. But just going back to the fosters for a second, I mean, I was just looking over things. In 2013, when you guys were debuting – uh, Glad said that television representation by LGBT characters was down three percent at that time. There was only 27 percent that were black or women. So that show, like, single-handedly helped bring the demographics up with a loving lesbian couple. I thought the mm-hmm. entire journey of um, of the characters were amazing throughout the entire throughout the entire run. I mean, Hayden Byerly was an amazing character to see him develop. Did you have advice for him? I mean, you, you come from the show that all of a sudden queer people are being celebrated and being followed by this queer following. Did you have any advice for him? What was going to happen as this character progressed?
2: I, not for him specifically. I mean, I did have lots of advice for him, but, but um, uh, wait, before, I, before we move on, I just want to say like, uh, I created that show with Bradley Bredewig, and then we brought Joanna Johnson on to um, to help us run it. and And the three of us really, you know, were are great collaborators. And I just want to shout them, shout out gotcha. to them, and make sure that nobody feels yeah. like I'm taking I'm taking sole credit because nothing you don't do anything right. well, in TV said. alone, and I cert- and I certainly didn't. Um, that cast was amazing, and I I knew. I knew that show was special, and I had the same feeling about it that I had about Queer Folk. I was like, there is something magical here, and there's something that matters here, and it's going to mean something to people. And I, I told Terry and Cherry, who played our moms, and I told Hayden and I, I, all the kids, I was like, look, you're going, to be, you're going to be called upon to kind of step up and step forward and, and speak to the world. And, and I was like, and take advantage of that opportunity, because there's nothing I'm more proud of in my career than than that I've been able to use art to to say something about the world, and so you, you you're given this platform, use it, and they've all they've all done that beautifully.
3: Oh, agree hundred percent. And as I said, kudos to the whole team because every character had a, an important arc, I thought, representing different parts of the entire life spectrum, not just LGBTQ, but the entire life spectrum from, as you say, foster, to adoption, to just a myriad of things. So thank you to you and your team for that and carrying that on through the other series. Uh, I also want to talk, well, well, I can jump around a lot. Last thing I want to say about Queer and Folk is I I want to talk about a couple connections because uh, Dan Zimmerman I guess, was there with you at Gold's Gym mm-hmm. right after you found out about the part. And he said to say hi because he thought you were amazing. I, happy I love with Dan. It. He's a great guy. He's fantastic. But then for another connection, you talked about your di- directing after that. And after our interview here, we're going to have Ryan Carnes on. And you actually directed him in your second feature. And he said it was like his first or, first or second um, project when he got to L.A. He had done some before. But first uh, time. Yeah. Before.
2: yeah. He, yeah, Ryan is in my second movie, Leaving Barstow. He's a, a, a love, a super talent, and, oh, my goodness, so handsome. Um, and, but, but also just a really a fundamentally good, good human being. And, um, uh, and yeah, I mean, it, it was a while ago now, but, but Ryan did a lovely job in our little micro-budget indie, which also, by the way, it, had, um, it was written by Kevin Sheridan, who starred in it, um, Michelle Clooney from Queer as Folk is in it, uh, Ryan Carnes, and um, Ryan Michelle Baffet. Who is on um, First Lives Club now? And uh, and this is us. Um, she also happens to be married to Sterling Brown. Um, uh, she's she's in it too, and and is wonderful. It was a, it was a, it's a very special little movie. I hope I hope some people will seek it out because I think it's a very lovely, quiet little film about about adolescence and 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 some of the particular challenges
3: of it. There you go. As I said, I mean, just your character is amazing. When I first saw the new show, that Council of Dads, I thought you had your finger in it somewhere because the writing is good and it had the trans boy character and it had a fully developed gay character, male doctor, married family. So I thought for sure you were part of that, but I just love where we've No, come. but you know what? Those, Go
2: ahead. Those are my very, very good friends, Joan Rader and Tony Phelan, who created that show. They are dear, dear, dear friends. They're inner circle friends of mine, so – I'm very excited. In fact, I'm friends with Sarah Wayne Callies as well. And I hooked them up, which is how she ended up doing that show. So um, uh, yes, I love again, what they're, what they're putting out into the world, what they're saying with that show is so beautiful and so powerful. I hope people, people will, will find it because it's, it's really quite beautiful.
3: Well, it makes sense that you, you have some hand in it because as I said, I think as folk kick down the door. I mean, we wouldn't be where we're at today in television as far as just, Late being fully sexualized people, but real stories involving other parts of life as well. So I'm, I'm glad people are carrying it on besides you. And thank you for all you guys did to kick that door down, my friend. Well,
2: thank you. I'm, I, I look, I'm, I just feel really, really fortunate to have been a part of it. And, um, and, and to be, you know, I, again, I, was, I knew we were a part of something special and I knew it mattered because it would have mattered to me, you know. Um, or did matter. Right. me, I should say, even, even though I was in it, it mattered to me. It resonated with me. It spoke to me. And, um, and I knew that, you know, and, and to this day, I get, I get tweets and texts um, and emails from people saying, Oh my God, I just found the show. You know, your haircuts are so bad, but the show is so good. And <laughs> I love Emmett. And, you know, um, they don't really right. say that. They're very they rarely. Do they say that anyway. uh, so, um, so I know, you know, again, like I said, I know it mattered and, and I, I just feel really, really lucky that, that that's how things played out for me. Cause you don't know when you're an actor, you, you know, you get a series, you don't know what it's going to be. You know what I mean? Sure. You don't know if it's going to be bad or good. You don't know if it's going to mean anything. You know, you take, you'll, you know, for the most part, you take the jobs you're given. And, um, and I just feel like the universe was really looking out for me with that one.
3: That's amazing. Well, talk about your personal coming out journey. I don't want your coming out story, but when did you first come out to yourself and where did you first find your LGBTQ tribe or when did they find you and accept you?
2: Um, so uh, I started, I mean, I started coming out pretty young. I mean, especially for my generation, I was, I, I told my first friends that I thought I was at least bi when I was 15. So um, uh, I I went to like a performing arts magnet high school. So it was there were other there were other queer boys running around, too, who who, even if we didn't speak it to each other, we we shared, you know, we shared the meaningful glances that said like, oh, I I get you. I understand you. Um, uh, And then by the time I got to college, I was straight for two weeks. I was bi for a semester, and then at the end of the semester, somebody <laughs> said to me, "Like you said, you said you're bi. I haven't seen you dating any girls." And I was like, "Yeah, I can't bring myself to do it." So, uh, and she was like, "Well, that seems like good information." I was like, "I think it is." So uh, after after a semester, I was fully out, and um, and uh, you know, I was I went I'm, I I left my performing arts high school and went to uh, went to acting school. So again, I was surrounded by. You know, really cool queer people, including professors. And and you know, we had a we had a um, a pair of voice and speech professors who were a married couple. They they were married long before it was legal to get married. Two men and wow. and one of them was an amazing voice and speech teacher. The other one was a terrible voice and speech teacher, but he was an incredible <laughs> ally, an incredible advocate. He taught us all. He, I mean, honestly, I think a bunch of us are alive because of him. He the first day of school sat all the freshmen down, pulled out a banana, pulled out a condom, and was like, this will save your life, and taught us all how to use That's condoms. That's
3: amazing. And he was
2: like, I don't expect you not to fuck, but if you're going to fuck, you're going to do it. You're going to take care of yourselves when you do it. And and he, you know, they – we would just – the queer kids would end up kind of aggregating in his office, you know, all uh, during lunch and things, and, and it was a really amazing group of people, to, you know – Abraham Higginbotham who wrote on modern family for ten years was in that was in that office um, Chris, Chris Nee, who created Doc McStuffins and Vampirina, um, she was in that office wow um, it, it was really like it it was really really special Christopher Verno is straight but she was in that office because um, she would come to hang out with us because she was a, she's been a fag hag from from way back um, <laughs> and it you know we 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 were anchored by a man who had really who really stood in his truth long before it was easy and i, I just i I owe Rick uh, in particular Rick and Richard a real a real debt of gratitude and um, so that that's where my you know that's where my queer identity was
3: forged, I guess. That's so powerful because it just we need that I think. One of the things I love about you particularly is how you are looking out for the younger generation, so to speak. And we'll talk about when we talk about Harry, too, because I love your wisdom you give and your character you play in Harry. But I just think that we need to – most people, they may not come out as early as you did. It came out – I knew by then – but I think we are gay way before we're gay adults, and I think if nobody kind of forges a way or a path for us or teaches us how to find a path, it's a lot more difficult in life, right? Yes.
2: Uh, for, amen. I say all the time, you know, when we, when we did the fosters and we had Jude come out, right, he, you know, at, at, at 12, he, had a, he shared a very chaste kiss with another boy, and we took an enormous amount of heat for that, not just from straight people. I had straight people calling me a pedophile. I had gay people saying, "Why did you do that? You're making us look like perverts." And I was like, "Okay, first of all, that kiss was 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 so much more chaste than anything that Anna Chlumsky and you know um, and um, what's his name from Home Alone, Macaulay Culkin shared in My Girl. Like, and they were two years younger than these kids. Like, it was a peck. One, two. We as the queer community have got to stop pretending that gay adults didn't start out as gay kids. We have to. we are doing enormous damage to our ourselves. And I know why the community did it. I know it was it was the power tool that the, the religious right used in the fifties and sixties to keep people oppressed. It was like, Well they're perverts, they're pedophiles, they're gonna recruit your children, they're gonna molest your children. So they so all the activists, even in really even really powerful activists, stayed clear of anyone under eighteen. Just, No, 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 come see us when you're eighteen. When you're an adult we're here for you, but we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't. And that got mm-hmm. really that that those grooves really worked their way into sort of the communal brain, if you will. And and I think uh, one of the things that I've really wanted to change is that story. Is there are there are lots of, of kids out there who are fully where I knew I was I knew I was queer when I was six. I didn't have the words for it, but I knew I, was, I had a, I was drawn to boys in a way that I right. wasn't drawn to girls. I was drawn to girls in a, a, for friendship and, and in very specific ways and I related to them. but I didn't I didn't those as soon as people started talking about princes and princesses and all those things you know, that, that, that set you up to be on a path for relationships, I knew I wanted a prince to kiss me, not, not the other way around you know Right so It's just important to me that we acknowledge that those kids are there. And they need to be seen. And, um, and I'm, I think the thing I'm proudest of in all five years of, of the Fosters is Jude's
3: story for that very reason. That's amazing. I love that. And so well said. I mean, I was just talking to my friend the other day with Pride going virtual this year. I really hope they take the time. I've always thought Pride is supposed to be as much about our history and our community as much as it's about celebrating who we are. And I really hope that when we start doing all these virtual prides that we spend some time on the youth and talk about being queer youth and just growing up queer and and mixing some history in there. That would make me feel so good for not being able to get out there and hug my friends on the parade route. I just hope we kind of learn something from it, you know?
2: Yes, me too. Me too, me too.
3: All right, well, let's get back to, I want to talk about your relationship with Freeform, where we have Foster's Everything, and we're going to talk about the movie in a second that's also on Freeform. How was that of a relationship to develop? Did you know going into it, it was going to be as strong as it was and as supportive as it was? Or talk about how that relationship evolved for you. You know, um, they used to be called ABC Family, and even before we
2: sold them the Fosters, they, they were putting very positive queer content on the air. They had a queer, a queer lead in Pretty Little Liars, and they'd done some queer storylines in um, Secret Life of the American Teenager. And um, so I, I, knew, I knew they got it, and I knew they weren't afraid. And their tagline at the time was a new kind of family. And I walked in and sat down for that pitch for the Fosters, and I was like, you want a new kind of family? We got a new kind of family for you. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, and they were fearless. They never, I mean, the only note that ever felt like them pulling us back was they, the very storyline I just talked about, the Jude storyline where he kissed his best friend. We, were, we wanted to do that in season one. And they were like, he's okay. so young. Can we please wait until season two? And they were like, we're not telling you we won't do it. We're not telling you we can't do it. We just want to wait until season two. And, mm. and we said, okay, fair enough, but we're going to hold you to it next season. And they said, you can, you can, we promise. And to their credit, we, when, we, when we reissued those outlines in season two, they, they were like, great, these look fantastic, we love it. So they, I, they have never, never tried to manage that part of, uh, of our storytelling. They've never tried to quiet us nice. or make us less political or less queer or any of that. Like, they just get it. And, um, and I think it's the reason that they speak to the generation they speak to so clearly is that they don't apologize and they don't talk down to them, you know? And, uh, (laughs) and so I I knew all along that, that they were going to be a good fit for us, you know, or once we got into it, I should say, once we made that pilot, I was like, oh, they get it, they get it and they get us. And, and that's just been, been amazing. And they changed the brand but the brand became braver and aged up as our characters aged up. So we were able to tell messier stories and uh, stories that were grayer and stories that were more overtly sexual. And, um, and uh, that's been, you know, that was great and, and, you know, came at a really good time. We were, it was, it was time for us to delve into those kinds of stories. So they've just been incredible and I'm, I, you know, couldn't be more grateful for the work I've been able to do with them for almost
3: a decade now been it's been kind of my creative home for a while so well that's fantastic and it culminates into uh the thing about Harry which was I love that we have a gay story premiering on Valentine's Day that just made my heart sing a little bit so let's start there but tell me about the story I understand that what was brought to free form from someone else was it a concept only you wrote the entire thing or was it like a rewrite for you or how did the concept come about for you
2: so a producer that I work with a lot, Greg Gugliata and his partner, F.J. Denny, they had had the idea to do a queer rom-com, and they had sold it to Freeform as a Christmas movie with another writer attached, Josh Center. And um, mm-hmm. they, they delivered some drafts of the script. Uh, the network was like, well, we don't want this to be a Christmas movie. We think this could be a Valentine's Day movie. Um, and, you know, we'd like to take it in a slightly different direction. And that's when I was brought in to do rewrites on it. Um, uh, they, it was, it was a very, it was a very sort of small town movie. It was sort of, it was sort of like a queer Hallmark movie. Um, which, you know, lovely. Um, and, but, but I was like, and I was like, look, I don't really understand this world. I'm not a small town guy. I, I came of age in a city. I that those are the stories I know. And I was like, if you want a queer rom-com that takes place like at bars and parties and trivia nights and pride that I can give you that. And they were like, yes, that's what we want. So, um, I wrote. Uh, I rewrote the script um, uh, while I was on uh, vacation last summer. <laughs> got it. Got <laughs> it. It's so crazy because it hasn't even been a year. I wrote it. I pitched my take on it in last last June. Um, wrote it in July. Last June. I was traveling around Europe. And it was
3: made in February. Yeah. How the heck?
2: You are magical. It aired in February. It was. It aired in February. <laughs> it
3: it aired in February. We,
2: I wrote it in July. Did a few did a few quick rewrites. Then. Um, Went to, uh, and then we, we got greenlit in September, October 4th. I went to Chicago. We started shooting November 2nd and wrapped for two days before Thanksgiving. Um, and then I wow. edited it and put it through post and we aired uh, on Valentine's Day weekend. Um, and I'm so, so, so proud of that movie. It is, it's, it is exactly what I wanted it to be. It is, it is a, it is, just a rom-com that happens to be about two queer men. It, it doesn't I apologize for that. It. it doesn't explain it. It's not, it's not a coming out story. Nobody's struggling with their queerness, um, which, you know, and I love those stories, but I just don't need to see a lot more of them. You know, um, I, I wanted, we, we wanted to do something different. We wanted um, just to watch two people fall in love and that in, in its own way is the revolution you know just
0: right. just
2: that we get to have something that that feels as delicious as when harry met sally and pretty woman and you know and um all of those kate hudson movies and all of those sandy bullock while you were sleeping like i wanted to make a movie that i would that if it was on on saturday afternoon i would plop down on my couch and i wouldn't move you know even if i'd seen it 15 right. times
3: and
2: and, um, well, I got to tell you, I Peter, that I think we succeeded
5: that.
3: You really Go did. And I got to tell you, Peter, the part that I like about it that was just—I watched it the other night, and I just thought it was so well written. And the best part for me was the time lapse—that it wasn't a two-hour Hallmark movie; that it went on, and there was space, and you saw the—you saw the evolution of a relationship for a gay couple. It wasn't just
0: mm-hmm. two
3: gay guys falling in love; it was an evolution of it and the hills and valleys in between. And I thought the time lapse added so much oomph to the story that I thought it was just, it was just so well done. I really enjoyed it a lot.
2: Thank you so much. I, like I said, I'm super duper proud of it. And uh, you know, people Every, people who watch it seem to be watching it a lot. They seem to be they're like, I just today I saw somebody who was like, I think I'm going to I'm going to watch it for my third time tonight. And I was like, I love that. Cuz that's the movie I wanted to make. I wanted to make a movie that made you feel good and and you know, feel, you know, get get wrapped up and worked up and, but ultimately took you on a ride where you knew you knew um you were going to get a happy ending. And cuz queer people deserve happy endings too.
3: Thank you. I love that. And one other thing I wanted to talk about on it is talk to me about your personal journey because you're playing this overt queer guy on Queer as Folk, fantastic character. And now you're coming on as the Casey, the elder statesman, giving some great advice to one of the characters. It's such an arc for yourself. Did you feel that in the moment for your own personal arc as far as playing two different characters but an actual arc that connects?
2: Um, look, you know, it's funny. I didn't, I didn't set out one. I didn't write it for myself. It's definitely something I wanted to say. What Casey says to, um, to Sam in in, in their relationship is definitely something I wanted to say, but I didn't write it for myself. It was just sort of as we were casting and the movie was coming together, it, it, the head of the head of casting for the deck was like, well, do you want to play that part? And I was like, Oh, that's a great idea. And I, cause I, I would, <laughs> I would like to. And so, um, and it, nice. it, it nicely mirrored my actual relationship with Jake, um, who you know, Jake came out about a year prior from being on Grey's Anatomy, and and um, right. and you know he there aren't there still aren't a ton of openly queer actors in Hollywood, and so no. they're they're are more than there no. used to be, but they're not a ton. And Jake, you know, was like, we went out to dinner one night a few days before we shot the scenes in the movie, and uh, and just had a long talk about what it means to. Be, uh, to be an openly queer artist, to, be, to feel some responsibility to the community, to have a platform, how do you use it, what, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like You just hadn't had anybody to talk to about that stuff. So we, we got to have a re- some really lovely moments that, that played nicely into, um, into the, the movie. Um, and, and Scott Lowell actually said to me, he said, you know, this movie is almost like you could imagine a reboot of Queer as Folk. Like, like Emmett, Emmett's older now and more settled in. I don't think Casey really is Emmett, but, um, <laughs> but, but there, there's something there. There's something there in sort of looking at um, how queerness has changed between our generations. Cause it certainly has. Um, in right. fact, in, in the thing about Harry, the reason I made Harry pan is it felt old fashioned to me to have two men who identified as gay under 30. Okay. That's my generation. That's, that's my generation. That, that isn't people, you know, younger people, they, their identities are a far bigger spectrum than ours. Back in our day, you were gay or you were straight, or maybe you were bi. And if you were bi, nobody believed you. Um, and, um, and so I, you know, I thought, oh, well, this feels much fresher and much more honest, um, that, that, that they wouldn't, um, both identify strictly as gay men. And, um, so anyway, yeah, that that was those were those were the fun things to explore. And again, that the, the revolution is we got to explore all that in the context of a rom com, where you you just really
4: wanted to see two people fall in love.
3: Well, I, I absolutely and I and I hate I'm almost embarrassed I love it because I am same I'm 50 years old and I bet I loved every second. It's just great to see a feel good story, and be able to relate to it things I couldn't find. So I, I love it. I love every Absol- second of it. Absolutely, there, look, there are a
2: few. There are a few gay rom queer, you know, queer rom coms. There's um, All Over the Guy and um, Trick, you know, but there aren't many out there. And so right. I, I needed this movie. I, I cried every time I watched that movie, and I've seen it a hundred <laughs> times because I wrote and directed and edited it. So you know, um, so it, uh, it's anyway. Um, You're making me feel better, Peter. You're making me feel a lot better. I appreciate
3: that because I I wasn't going to admit to the crying, but okay, I'll cough. I'll cough. cough, 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 There you go. (laughs) All right, my friend, we are running out of time. Um, Talk about post-quarantine here. What kind of uh, projects are on your hot button that you'd like to get started up again if you could? Anything we should be on the lookout for?
2: Um, I got some stuff cooking, but I'm not at liberty to discuss it. Um, I've got uh, I've got okay. a uh, a show that I'm very excited about that I think is is close to close to hitting the boiling point, and um, out um, nice. I've got a couple other you know nice. deals in the works, and um, I think I just figured out the next movie I'm going to write. So I got I
3: got I got stuff cooking. There you go. Congratulations on that. All right, well, we're going to do a quick. Goofy, five questions I do with my guests. I'm going to get you out of here, okay? You ready to play a little five questions?
2: Okay. All right. You got
3: it. Uh, Left and Straight shows all about entertainment, foodies, and books. And and I'm a chubby guy, so let's talk about food first. Uh, What's your favorite food? (laughs) And when we're in L.A., give us a recommendation to my listeners, a restaurant we have to check out in L.A. All
2: right. Well, my favorite food, if I'm being really honest, is donuts. And there is a nice. little donut store on the corner of third and Cochrane in LA called SK's donuts. It is in a tiny little strip mall and they, those donuts will change your life. They are the most delicious things you will ever put in your mouth. So I will be is, there that in that seven weeks and I am
3: going there. I like that. Thank you excellent. for that one. SK's I say, listeners you in general, it. these are just for me, Peter. That's all there's it. Anyway, second question <laughs> <laughs> number two here. Um, Talk about uh, books. Are you a reader? Do you have a favorite um, genre or author? What's on your nightstand right now? If you're reading, uh,
2: I so I am a reader. Generally, I have been. I have thought, since I started running TV shows. You you spend so much time writing and reading other people's writing when you're when you're running TV shows <laughs> that it's very very hard to read for pleasure. So I generally right. only read for pleasure on vacation. Now I don't really have an excuse that we're now that we're in quarantine, but I have <laughs> yet to have the focus. Like I have not been able to get myself to focus on a book. Um, my favorite, one of my favorite books of all time. I'll give you my two favorite books of all time. Uh, one is um, One Hundred Years of Solitude, by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. I had to start it three different times to get through it. It's it is it's a monster, but once you do it. It literally, it's one of those books that changes you on a cellular level. It's just so profound. And my most, my favorite book of the last, of sort of recent memory, is um, Middlesex by uh, Jeffrey Eugenides, which is just a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous book. Um, so I highly right. recommend them both.
3: Thank you for those. Okay, question number three. Give me a, a character um, passed in either TV or movies that you would like to bring back to life and write for.
2: Oh my, that's a, that's a tricky one. That one would probably require more thought. I would, I will say this. I, as a child was obsessed with Wonder Woman um, being the little, Thank the good you. little homo that I am. <laughs> and, and I would, uh, I would, I, there's a, I would love to, um, and by the way, my friend Alan Heimberg wrote the Wonder Woman movie, which I think he did an incredible, incredible job with. I love that movie.
3: Um, oh, and, but God. I would
2: love, I'd love to get a crack at a Wonder Woman series. I think that would be super fun.
3: Very cool. All right. And from the Silly Sublime here, what is your most used or favorite emoji while texting?
2: Uh, The grimace, the grimace, the 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 tight, wide, the teethy, the teethy smile that with the dead eyes, that one.
3: (laughs) I like that story behind that, I think. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Question number five, um, you're about to be stranded on a desert island. You're allowed to bring one album, one piece of art, and one cocktail or beverage. What are you going to bring with you to spend on that damn oh my island? God.
0: Uh,
2: the album, God, what am I going to bring for the I mean, the album, Ah, uh,
3: it's a really,
2: really tough one. It might be Rufus Wainwright, Want One. Uh, right. it, might, it might be... Fiona Apple title. Um, it could be Madonna, the Immaculate Collection, just to get, like, the most bang for our bucks. It could be the Beatles, the White Album. I know I'm cheating, but that's life. It's your game. No, I've had Fleetwood um, Mac the entire
3: and, collection. Uh, you're good. You're good. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, Fleetwood Mac. That's a good one, too. I could uh, – I Fleetwood Mac the collection would be great. Um, uh, and then uh, Piece of Art. Um, I mean uh, what what would I bring? I don't I can't I don't know. I don't have an answer. That's it's like Sophie's choice. I don't I can't I can't answer that. Um, but okay. my cocktail or food um, I um, I would probably bring iced tea. As as Ooh. sad as that is. I'm, I'm not a That's big okay. drinker. So so um, is I would I would but I would be or very like sad an, if I didn't Arnold,
3: tea. Arnold Palmer tea or just pure up uh, No, no, black, black, I see. I like it. Peter Page, it's been amazing having you on the show. I am a huge fan, as I've said. Thanks for taking the time. In case my listeners have been under a rock, let them know where they can find you on the social media. Uh,
2: I am at the Peter Page, P-A-I-G-E, both on Twitter and um, newly on Instagram. I finally
3: succumbed, so. Fantastic. Well, stand the line for all me, right. Peter. Thanks. Guys, if you have not yet okay. seen The Thing About Harry, rush right away. Get out there. I'm sure if you're on your binging, you can find The Fosters. Such great things. Um, Fo- good so on you for all me, that. Scott, Thanks for being you, on I'll the show.
2: You. Oh, go ahead. Sure. So quickly, Foster, Fosters is on Netflix. Good Trouble is on Hulu. And The Thing About Harry, uh, the easiest way to find The Thing About Harry is to buy it. It's just a few bucks. On um, iTunes or Google Play.
3: Terrific! All right, stand in the line, guys. Right. We're gonna play out with a little bit of our buddy Good. Levi Christ. He'll be on the show on Monday. And when we oh. come back, we'll be talking to our friend Ryan Carnes. You're listening to Left to Straight Show right here on the Left to Straight Radio Network.
1: You will
3: Good Fred Tony Award winner, Mr. Levi Christ, with Tell Me Twice. Levi is going to be on the show this Monday for Music Monday, so be sure to look out for that. And speaking of twice, my next guest is making his second visit here to the Leftist Rate Show. He's a fantastic actor, a great musician, and even a better human. He's worked in movies and television. You probably know most from Desperate Housewives and General Hospital. Or maybe you caught him in his cameo appearance recently on the movie Project Acceleration. The last time he was on, he just finished doing some amazing work south of the border on a couple of great films. I'm so happy to have him back and catch up and talk about music, how he's been keeping fit, and maybe even a little webinar he's been putting together in the works. So please welcome back to the show, Mr. Ryan Carnes. Ryan, how are you doing, man?
5: Hey, I'm great. I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here again, Scott. Hey.
3: It's great to have you back my friend. Uh, I was telling you off air the first thing I want to say is I want to shelter in place wherever you're at. You have an amazing view of the mountains and the lake. How peaceful have you been lately?
5: Uh well, you know, fortunately probably a little bit more peaceful than I would be if I if I didn't have this uh incredible view and being surrounded by nature. Um but I I think uh you know, I I think it's uh it's a It's a real blessing to be able to have access to nature and here in Southern california we've got we've got a lot of it, you know we've got the mountains, we've got the beach, and so i'm I'm lucky to live here.
3: Amen, there you go. Well, I want to talk for a second first before we get into the heart of things here. I talked about being a great act musician, a better human. You've done some amazing work in talking recently about your work with our rescue and your work in the past with this is about humanity. Um, brag on those organizations for a minute, what great work they're doing. Well,
5: I mean, I think anybody who's, who's in that, in that, um, sector, who's, who's really trying to do good in the world is, I think they deserve more credit than they ever get. Um, so I'm really happy to be able to talk about organizations like our rescue, Operation Underground Railroad Rescue, and and then this is about humanity And, and actually, my work with this is about humanity is, is ongoing. It's, it's, it's not really a thing of the past. It's only just that, uh, you know, because of the the quarantine, our last trip down to Mexico got canceled and and we haven't been able to do any more since, but we'll, Mm -hmm. we'll be headed back again. And I'll be posting some pictures from that and talking about that organization again, because, you know, I, 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 just think that, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're all human and, no matter people's political affiliations or beliefs, I think we can all agree that um, it, it, it's a good thing to help people in need. Whether whether you know they might be in in um, our own backyard or in a different backyard, I don't I don't think there's ever really a reason to not help people who are suffering. And um, this is about humanity. Does an incredible job of uh, supporting people who who are in need and providing shelter, providing clothing. Um, providing all kinds of resources for them. And, um, you know, they partner with some other incredible organizations like the Yes We Can Foundation, which helps teach kids who otherwise wouldn't – they wouldn't get an education because they're, they're not rooted in a place in, in which they can go to school every day. So the Yes We Can Foundation creates um, a mobile school bus that enables them to, to get educations. Um, so it's just, you know, you can go to, this is about humanity. I think it's, this is about humanity.com, um, either.com or.org, but I think it's.com and check out them and see what they're up to. And, and like I said, in the future, I'll be talking about them more, um, with, with our rescue. Uh, you know, I mean, hopefully a lot of people got to see my posts recently. They, they, they go out and they, they help locate and they help, um, apprehend, Victims of human trafficking and sex trafficking Which is just It's an awful Awful problem And it's so much bigger than anybody really knows Because not that many people are talking about it And of course it's a very difficult thing To talk about And and, and it's not something that we we even want to think Is going on but it is It's going on in extremely large numbers And so they Fortunately you know they have They have um, arrangements with law enforcement And they're able to go out they're able to track individuals who have been trafficked and, and, in many cases, find them and take them in and rehabilitate them. Um, you know, and, that, and that, that, or that goes for every phase of rehabilitation. It's, they're, they're really kind of a one-stop shop for people who have been victims of, of those crimes. And, in fact, um, a really good friend of mine just posted something on her Instagram a couple days ago um, about a girl from her native country who has disappeared in Venice, California. Yeah. And, you know, I know at this oh, no. point it's, it's a lot of speculation, but this girl was, was living on the East coast and then some woman randomly contacted her on social media and said, Oh, why don't you move to LA there? You know, some, some, and, and mentioned something about modeling opportunities. So The girl came out here was living in a hostel and two days ago, or, or a few days, I heard about it two days ago, I guess it was maybe a couple days before that the girl just up and disappeared. Now, not to say that it, it definitely was human trafficking or sex trafficking, but it has a number of the hallmarks of uh, sex trafficking kind of thing. So I right. hope, you know, hopefully she's safe and she's okay. And, and, I, and I hope that we're all wrong and, and that it's not that. But the reality is, is that even if this girl hasn't been a victim of it, you, you know, countless other women and even men who go through, uh, uh, who who have sort of circumstances that sound very similar to hers, they have been victims of sex trafficking. So uh, Operation Underground or OUR 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 Rescue is is really just doing incredible, incredible work, and and I'm happy to be able to support them and talk about what they're doing as well.
3: Well, thank you so much for shedding the light on those. I really appreciate it. We're going to have links to all those organizations in the description of the show here, but I appreciate your good works on that. I love when people give back. Um, We've talked all about the acting and the soap opera and everything back in the previous episode. So if you guys want to listen to that, check out the Left to Trade Archives. We have some great information about your work on General Hospital and the movies you did down south of the border there. I want to talk about your current works. First off, music. I mean, we talked a little bit last time about your fantastic drumming ability and you're just enjoying going out there and performing. You've been working recently with Vanessa Silberman that has some new music out. Talk about that collaboration and what that's been like.
5: Yeah, that's, it's been really great. Um, You know, Vanessa is just a a wonderful, wonderful human being, uh, an incredibly talented musician and songwriter and producer and engineer. I mean, she's, she's, she's really, really talented and has worked for some tremendous artists in the past. And, and so, you know, on, on the other side of, of the, of the recording booth uh, as it were. And so I'm, I just feel really fortunate to get to to work with Vanessa and collaborate with her. And she, that, that's one of the things that that I really enjoy about it is that she has such an open collaborative spirit. Um, You know, I, when, when we first started working together, I was, she'd send me songs and, and ask me for my feedback. And I was a little, you know, cause I, I was looking at myself as I'm, I'm her drummer and, and <laughs> you know, it's my job to keep the time and show up and, and um, play the drums. <laughs> and I was a little <laughs> hesitant to, to offer, you know, my full opinion sometimes on some of the things. And, and she, she said to me, look, man, I, I, you know, I want to hear what you have to say. I think, I I really like your instincts and, and um, just, you know, just shoot me straight. So now we've got this wonderful, you know, she, she gave me the invitation. We got this wonderful relationship where, um, you know, it's just, it's just a total collaboration. And yeah, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, and I always say this to her, look, you know, this is my opinion. This is what I'm hearing. But at the end of the day, your name's on the song and these are your babies. So obviously, you know, you've, the buck stops at you. You got the final say. But I'll, I'll, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you all I got, and uh, it's, it's worked out really well. You know, we have a great time, and and I'm just bummed that you know, we had a few shows scheduled for uh, both on the East Coast and West Coast, and and um, you know, unfortunately, we had to cancel those. But we're definitely looking forward to getting back out there and and playing for everybody again because I don't know, you know, it's just it's it's. I think it might be my absolute favorite thing to do is, is play a live show. Um, and you know we're also we're, we're working on some other stuff we're working on a, a song right now where um, I think we're we're gonna split the duties a little bit more, maybe half and half and um, I might sing on it we, we'll see I, I think Vanessa wants me to. Um, and then beyond that we're we're talking about some other stuff maybe happening in the future where we we branch off and and do some sort of side project with a little bit different feel so we, we, we I got we got a great music relationship we you know we get along really well there's a lot of synergy and and we're we're stoked to be able to, to continue to create virtually during this time when, when you know when we can't be in the same place geographically
3: right that's fantastic though talk about your personal journey that I mean you've been playing music forever, been in drums in a long time that I've been following you and in bands talk about where this confidence is coming. Have you always wanted to kind of do a little more of the writing and things or where is this, uh, where's this impetus coming from? Where's the spark coming from?
5: Yeah, I actually have always wanted to do more writing. Um, my, <laughs> my uh yeah you know i i started playing drums when i was pretty young i think i was like 5 or 6 or something um but i'd always treated it as a hobby growing up i was i was really focused on sports and where where i'm from you know it's 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 definitely much more of a of a sports culture than it is a, an artistic culture and i think right. i was kind of i was kind of directed just by by you know default of, of, of growing up in, in that environment and uh, so I always treated music and drumming as a bit of a hobby, and but but there was always but I always wanted I always wanted more. I was you know I there I knew that there was something more there for me. Um, and I moved to L.A. and you know got got into acting, and and um, at the time I had a manager who was very adamant that I pick one or the other. Like you're either going to act, you're going to play music, and and hmm. um, you know I was earning money as an actor, and things were starting to go well, and so I I just I kind of I bought into that, and I basically didn't play the drums for, gosh, there was about ten years almost when I I didn't didn't play, you know, once in a while, but not really, Not consistently. And so it's only been the past few years that I've that I picked the sticks back up with consistency and have started really playing again and making it a focus of of um, you know of of my creative journey, I guess, my my creativity and it's been great, man. I mean, I, I just, and, and the impetus for that was just literally like in my heart and soul, there was this, there was like this longing <laughs> to play music. And I, and I knew that I had to do it if I wanted to be nice. in, in in integrity with, with my own self. And so I did it and I made a deal with myself. Hey, I'm going to go out and I'm going to look for people to play with. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, and I'm, and I'm going to, Start working at it again and i'm gonna get better because obviously you know there's gonna be some rust and i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to work at it so um that's that's how that's all unfolded and then with respect to the to the writing I, <laughs> when i was in high school I, I was a junior senior in high school and i was i was pretty depressed at that point you know i i think a lot of kids go through that high school is a tough time and I just, I wanted, I wanted out, I wanted to get out of, out of town and away from things and kind of just explore the world. And, and I was just, I was going through a lot, man. And I was, I was pretty bummed out. And and I remember, um, that's when I started writing lyrics. I would, I would hang out with my grandpa like on a Friday night or something. Um, cause it didn't go out much. You know, there wasn't, wasn't much reason for me to do that. And, and, um, I'd hang out with Mm -hmm. my grandpa. At that point, my grandma was deceased and and I'd always been really close with them. So I'd hang out with my grandpa on a Friday night and we'd watch TV and I'd end up lying on the lying lane, however you say it, on the living room floor, um, writing, you know, getting my angst out, my my anger and my (laughs) depression and all those those weird, angsty teenage feelings. I'd end up getting those out on a notepad and in in the form (laughs) of lyrics. So I'm sure they were not good you know, but, but that was, the, that was the, that was kind of how it all started. And, and now I just, I, I love the process. I, I really, I really love it. And, and fortunately with Vanessa um, you know, now we're starting to get into a little, a little bit of territory where I can um, where I can exercise those muscles too. So it's, it's really, it's, it's exciting.
3: I love that. Congratulations. Like I said, I've seen a few videos of you playing in different areas around LA and you always either have a huge smile on your face or you're really into it, dude. So it's obviously a love and I think that's awesome that you're able to kind of take it to the next level. I'm so excited for the next step. And it seems this collaboration is great. I've been able to tune into a couple of live feeds you've had with Vanessa. I think you guys are going to try to do uh, a little more of the online stuff for some fans until we can get you out in the road again.
5: Yeah, we're um,
3: we're 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 looking
5: at that. We're working those dates out. I I don't know that there's anything on the calendar yet, um, just yet. But yeah, and we we got a couple of other creative ideas that that, that could be fun to. To, um share with people in terms of getting the music out there in a you know the, some of the music that's been released recently getting it out there in a in a fun um creative way that's not not necessarily live per se but you know sort of the closest we can come to it being live right now so we, we may we may uh we may do a couple little fun things with with one or two of the songs uh, yeah you know i i don't know how much longer this is all going to last? But I would imagine we'll we'll have a couple more live streams um, in in the works sooner or later. Yeah. Well,
3: it is what it is, and we're learning we're learning different ways to be creative, and that's one of the things that I've loved is talking to different people over the last couple of months in ways that they're kind of evolving their art and craft and learning lots of different ways. And speaking of that, and virtual stuff, you're looking on making acting webinars which sounds kind of amazing. Talk about that process. What uh what have you been doing to make that a reality?
5: Well, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm in the early stages of planning it, but uh yeah, it it seems like something that that is being asked of me. Um you know, it's funny in life, I think sometimes we um we, or at least I'll speak for myself. I I have resistance to doing the things or some, I, sometimes I have resistance to doing things that, that offer, um, you know, that, that maybe can have the biggest learning curve, but, but, but actually have, uh, on the other side of that have a really large payoff and, you know, right. just, just in terms of growth and somebody, somebody a couple months ago, a few months ago, I think somebody the first time suggested to me, Um, you know, related to the time they were going through that I, that I do um, something related to acting online, like host a webinar or something. And, and I, and I, I shot it down pretty quickly. And I was like, nah, nah, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I know how to do that. I don't think that's my thing, you know, And, and I didn't really think about it. And then in like the last month or so, I just like, people keep asking for it. I've had numerous friends say, Hey, why don't you do this? Yeah. You know, I'd totally, I'd totally buy a ticket, you know, I'd show up for it. Yeah. That'd be. And you know, and other people just asking for it, people online reaching out to me and asking for it. And I finally, I went, okay. All right. I guess, uh, I guess I'm supposed to do it. So there you go, Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's really, it's really exciting. And I, and, and there, you know, there's part of me that's going, gosh, you know, I don't, I don't, this is this is a little bit scary to me because I've never done anything like this. And then at the same time, it's like, yeah, and and you know maybe maybe I have something to offer to, to somebody out there. Um, you know, even if one person gets value from it, then I then I guess it's worth it. You know, um, I've been doing this for over fifteen years now, and I've been on a, a lot of sets um, with a lot of different people, and I've made a lot of mistakes, and and I've done some things right, and and I like helping people. You know, I like being of service, and and I always say if. Because I've 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 taught before, you know I've been a guest teacher in acting classes and and I've spoken in front of acting classes before and I always say, look if if my mistakes can help you not make the same ones that I did then I I'm I am happy to share. So um, I'm in the process of putting it together and and I think what it's what it's going to look like probably it's going to be focused on. Um, going to be focused on the, the process a little bit, you know, break it, breaking down a script, um, understanding character, creating character, making choices um, within the context of what's going on in the scene or the larger piece. And then also I think it'll be focused a lot on, um, you know, actual work being on set. What's that like? Um, what are the things that, you know, what, what are the, some of the, what are the, what are some of the obstacles that I've encountered What are some of the mistakes that I've made and how, how can, how can you, you know, transmute those into opportunities to either grow or get better or, you know, just know how to navigate a situation as, as as well as you can. So I think those are going to be the two primary folk foci um, of the, of the webinar. So, you know, as as, as that develops and, and as I figure out exactly <clears throat> when I'm going to do it, I'll, of course I'll be posting about it on social media. So if anybody out there is interested, um, you know, keep your eyes on Ryan Carnes One on Instagram and Twitter and, and Ryan Carnes on Facebook. And, and I'll be letting everybody know when I'm going to do it and what that's going to look like.
3: Good on you, man. I think people will gobble that up. I mean, I have I've a good friend of the show. Um, stan Zimmerman he writes he 's written for the Golden Girls and Roseanne and Gilmore Girls and he wrote the Brady Bunch movies and so much stuff and he 's been taking time mm. doing how to audition for sitcoms on a uh, webinars lately and he 's getting like he 's turning people away. people are oh, having, wow. uh, are craving this stuff, and I think, as you said you 've had the experience of the ups and downs, and I think you would be fantastic at this guy, so congratulations. Go for it. Well, I thanks.
5: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting because I, 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 you know, a friend of mine reached out to me a couple of weeks ago, and and she had a couple of self tapes, or she a couple of takes of a self tape that she that she wanted, you know, she wanted my opinion on which which one should I send, and and you know, I've I've known her for quite a while, and and you know, there's there's a level of of trust there, and I said, okay, well, do you want my, you know, do you, do you want me to give you my Feedback, my my notes on it, and she said, yeah. And so, I ended up like I just—it's really fun to me. It's really fun to me to 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 help move people like that, to help move a performance. And you know, we worked together, and I she ended yeah. up actually scratching those and doing two new takes. And she was really happy with where they ended up, and I was really happy that I helped her and that I got to be a part of that collaborative process. And 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 I'd like to direct at some point. So you know, for me, it's 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 also it's you know I get to I get to practice um, moving you know moving a performance and moving it around and and um, working with an actor to get it to a place where you know where we where we think it feels good so I'm very excited by the way Did your friend Dan um, did he work with Mark Jerry on Golden Girls Were they there at the same time Do you know
3: Uh I'm not sure I'm not sure I think he did I'm almost high. I know Dan was there for the first and second season You remember when Mark was there
5: Okay. You know I don't
3: for sure, but I'll ask. Mark, Dan was Mark, on Mark early on,
5: so stayed friends over the years. Yeah, okay. I'll, Dan's I'll, I'll like my him, zero serious.
3: degree of separation. He knows more people than Kevin Bacon. I mean, everyone I've ever talked to in the industry, <laughs> he knows. It's amazing. Uh, Dan is like, uh, and he's a fantastic writer and director, and uh, just been a great friend of the show. But yeah, if you want oh, to direct, great. I think you should put that out there, dude. Start, starting for submissions for scripts. Find a project you like and just do it. Now's the time to be creative. I'm just excited Absolutely. for you. I think it's a great Absolutely. phase for you. This is going to be amazing for you. Fantastic. Thanks,
5: Scott. Thank you. Thank you. No
3: worries. Well, let's keep in the vein of all this virtual stuff. I mean, t- let's talk about working out for a bit, not my strong suit. I mean, you've had an amazing body forever, but you've been working with your trainer who's doing – some amazing free classes, which I just think is the best thing in the world right now. Talk about this, how you've been in, become involved with it, and talk about keeping your fitness journey going um, throughout your lifetime. I mean, you've been committed to this for a long time.
5: Yeah, yeah. So it, it's 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 really been a, a a huge huge blessing during this time to be able to to have somebody like like my trainer Eric. His name is Eric the Trainer. Eric Fleischmann, He goes by Eric the Trainer. That's how he's he's known known industry-wide. And, you know, Eric's he's been doing this for, like, 30 years now. You know, started on the East Coast mm-hmm. of New York and he's been in California for, I think, a couple decades now. And, and we go back a long way, actually. I used to be a trainer. Um, I think some people know that, but not a lot of people know that. It's one of the first jobs I had when I moved to L.A. I got my personal – because I was, I was already into fitness uh, quite a lot, and I got my personal training certification and – and uh, ended up training some clients at just private gym. And Eric was a trainer there. It was a place where he brought his clients. And so I knew, you know, this was like 15 years ago. I, I knew Eric, but we, you know, we never, we never worked out together. We, we weren't really buddies. We were just, just knew each other at the gym. And I just always thought he was one heck of a guy, you know, just, just he just always right. had the biggest smile on his face and a super positive magnetic personality and, and uh, over the years, I'd bump into him once in a while. Then about four years ago, four or five years ago, um, uh, I'm sorry, after I after I left that gym and wasn't training there anymore, and I'd, I'd bump into him out, you know, in Studio City, Sherman Oaks, once in a while out here. Then about four or five years ago, um, I was I was hanging out with a buddy one day who was helping me with a project, and and um, he says, "Hey, what are you what are you doing later?" Me and my my son we're we're gonna go work out with our trainer. And I said, "Oh, who's your trainer?" And he goes, "Oh, this guy named Eric. He goes by Eric the Trainer." And I said, "Dude, no (laughs) way. I've known Eric. I've known Eric like pretty much since I moved to LA." And I said, "Yeah, I'll totally go work out with you. Let's let's surprise him. Don't just tell him you got a friend coming. Don't tell him who it is." So I walked into the gym, and it had been a while since he'd seen me, so it took him a minute. But then then he recognized me, and he came up and he gave me a massive hug, and and that and then I started working out with him, and so we've been working out together for the last yeah like four or five years and and when all this stuff started he said hey i'm gonna I'm not gonna let this stop us i'm gonna i'm gonna put together workouts not put together i mean just do he said i'm gonna do workouts on zoom there's gonna be two workouts six six days out of the week they're gonna be free, and if you're a client of mine you can you can be on them if you're not a client of mine, you can be on'em and and you know and i've had i've had people um, who follow me on social media who saw me post about it and the next thing I know they're popping up I'm I'm watching them work out on a zoom call over there <laughs> so that's been really cool yeah I'll, I'll give a shout out to Heather um, Heather, uh, Heather is always on the zoom workouts that she found out about via my Instagram Heather's on there you know her dad is hanging out in the living room with her while she's working out and he gets down and does some push-ups once in a while and it's become a little bit of a family affair for him. And that just makes me really happy, you know, cause I, I, I think cool.
0: this during,
5: during this time, you know, we need connection more than ever and community and, and it's just, it's just really cool to see people getting to benefit from, from, you know, this community that, that Eric has, has built and created. And it's turned into the, to this really big thing. You know, he's got, he's got guests on every day now, you know, famous actors, famous musicians, uh, famous martial artists, famous, um, you know, Olympian weightlifters. I mean, it's famous chefs. The people are actually calling him now and asking him, hey, can I, I heard about your show. Can I be a guest on it? So it's, it's, (laughs) yeah, man, it's, it's really, it's really cool. And and he's created a a really, um, a really wonderful thing, particularly for this time. So if anybody's out there and, you want to get in on a workout, I think, I don't know if he's doing it beyond the end of May, I know originally he said through May, so, you know, if you're out there, and you want to hop on a workout, you got 10 days left, um, it's go to erictotrainer.com, and you can find the workout schedule, and then there are links there um, that you, you where where you can sign up for the workouts on Zoom.
3: That's terrific, and just the connection of mind and body and everything, it's so good to be able to just Center yourself and to concentrate on something else and just really zone into your own inner peace there like that. I'm sure it's gotta help you as well for something to focus on, right?
5: Definitely. Yeah, and I've been I've been Very doing cool. some some yoga as well, you know, on Instagram lives and things like that. There's a lot there's a lot out there right now. There are a lot of resources. A lot of people offering offering, you know, workouts, yoga, meditation and and, and helping people Keep like you were saying stay stay centered and and you know not only helping helping you create all those those wonderful endorphins and dopamine that keep a positive mental attitude but also keeping helping you keep your body in shape right now when it's a little bit difficult to get to the gym
3: there you go, loving that all right, my friend well, I appreciate you taking the time. Is there any other projects you have you want to talk about while we have you here today it's so- such a pleasure to speak to you again.
5: Uh yeah, it's really great to speak to you, Scott. I'm I'm happy you uh you asked me to come on again. And uh yeah, I guess there's there's one more thing um that I forgot to mention. So May thirtieth I'm doing a uh um a virtual meet and greet that I'm organizing on Zoom. Because I was supposed to do a meet and greet on the East Coast when Vanessa and I were, were scheduled to play a show out there April I think it was April third was our last show out there and you know, we had to cancel that. So I didn't I didn't actually get to um, do that meet and greet that I was supposed to do out there. So a few weeks ago, I thought, well, you know, so many things have gone to zoom now and gone online, but but there's no reason that we can't still connect. So why don't I do something online? And then, you know, people who aren't even on the East coast can come. So, uh, and, and another thing that's going on, you know, right now, I think pretty much through the end of the year already, all of the, the cons and the conventions and the, And uh, events like this have been canceled, you know, in person. So I thought it'd be nice to put together something online. So May 30th, 11 a.m. Pacific time, I am hosting a 90-minute virtual meet and greet. And, uh, you know, we're going to come together. We're going to have conversation. I'm going to hear from other people who are on who want to share stories about what they've been up to, share stories about how they've been keeping inspired creative etc and and even you know if they want to share challenges they've been going through that's fine too and then we're going to do a QA where people have the opportunity to to ask me questions you know it'll basically be the the same format that i would have done at at, at a at an in-person meet and greet we just won't be able to right. give each other actual hugs we'll give each other physical hu- or virtual hugs so may 30th 11 a.m um i've, I've got an event that i've created on eventbrite I've posted about it on Facebook, on my personal page. I've posted about it on Twitter, and I'm going to be posting about it on Instagram as well. So people can look out for that if that's something that they feel compelled to do.
3: I think I will be there with bells on. I think, like you said, these things, are. there's so much content out there now, which has been an amazing respite from everything going crazy. I would love, I mean, our community especially, would love to see a chat with you and Sean. You guys have always had such chemistry um, on, on screen and off, I think you guys would be a hilarious, probably a group chat that would be amazing. There's a lot of fun things you can do out there, and I'm looking forward to everything that you can think of. I'm excited for your music. I'm excited for the acting. I'm just excited for you, my friend. This is going to be a great time for you. I feel. Yeah, thanks, Scott.
5: Thank you. Yeah, that, that's it's true. That would be fun to do with Sean. He's a great guy, and um, you know he's been a good friend over the years. And yeah, that that that'd be cool. It's a great idea.
3: Maybe we'll do it. I'll be produced. I just want producer credit. No big deal. (laughs) All right, my friend. Uh, Do me a favor. Let everyone know uh, where they can find you on the Instagram, Twitter, and everything. I think you said it earlier, but say it again for all my listeners, please.
5: Yes. So on Instagram and Twitter, it's Ryan Carnes, one, the number one, just my first name, last name, and then the number one. And on Facebook, um, Ryan Carnes. I mean, I think there's a few other Ryan Carnes pages out there. So just make sure it's me. And um, right now, my my fan Facebook page is down. Uh, got hacked. So I'm in the process of trying to recover that. Oh God! So hopefully that'll yeah. be back in my back in my possession soon, um, and then people can find me there as well. Because God knows what's on it right now. I I don't even know. I,
3: <laughs> I wouldn't even yeah. want to go look if I were you. Just keep away from that. Let <laughs> someone else get it back. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Well, Ryan, it's always a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your schedule. I appreciate you, my friend.
5: I appreciate you, Scott. Thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to have me on.
3: <laughs> Stand the line for me, Ryan. Uh, we're going to have a very special five questions, Ryan. Be on the lookout for that. We're going to play out some little music here, and I'll be back on the other side. You're listening to the Left and Straight show right here on the Left of Straight Radio Network. <laughs> All righty, everyone, we are back. That's our buddy Matt Stern from Canada with Travel Around Your World. Guys, thanks so much for listening tonight. A big shout-out to my guest, of course, to uh, Jeff and Josh for the little J&J Buzz Pop Culture Minute. Thanks for letting us know about those three interesting articles. Peter Page, uh, like I said, always been a huge fan, and he does not disappoint. So much fun to talk to him for the first time. And Ryan Carnes. Love having him back on the show, and he is just a real good guy, guys. So great guest today. We've got a couple more days of interviews left. Tomorrow, we're going to have actor Brett Aaron Nicolon along with Chad Campy. Chad owns Flip Phone Events. He's the one responsible for the Golden Girls Cruise this past year. He also has two more cruises involved for the next two years. And he does some amazing events around Minneapolis area. He's been doing drag brunches and all sorts of drag queen related things, making money for the communities, helping people just have a great time. So we're going to have both of them on tomorrow. And then on Friday, my guests are going to be Shane Feldman. Shane is a motivational speaker from Toronto, Canada that has spoken to some of the biggest countries in the world, including Disney and Google, Microsoft. He's been recognized by our White House, by the Prime Minister of Canada. He's just an amazing motivational speaker. He's founded his uh, own own movement called Count Me In, where he works with youth, and uh, just an incredible guy. So we're going to talk to him and get motivated on Friday Followed by Bill DePiro, who is an improv uh, guy, an actor out of New York City. We had a nice chat with him yesterday. We're going to put that on Friday. And Friday is going to be another Fitness Minute with our special correspondent, Jason Caseras with his very first Fitness Minute. We had, of course, Jake Dean Taylor last week. Jake and Jason are going to trade off every other week. So you'll get your Fitness Minute with Jason Caceres starting off the show this Friday. So I hope you enjoyed everything. If you did, please subscribe, tell your friends, give the episodes a five-star rating on your favorite podcast or It helps that get up higher in the search rankings for that. And I'll be back tomorrow as I am Monday through Friday at six o'clock Pacific and nine o'clock Eastern time. Again, follow on social media, at Left of Straight, L-E-F-T-O-S-S-T-R, the number eight for Twitter and Instagram. The Left of Straight Show has its own page on Facebook, and my page is Scott Fullerton. is my uh, main account on Facebook, so be sure to send me a friend request. I just appreciate you guys listening to the Left of Straight Show, and we'll see you tomorrow. Have a great evening, everyone. We're out of here for today. Bye-bye.